Hi, welcome to Digital Nomad Stories, the podcast. My name is Anne Klasse and I am your host. I started this podcast because podcasts have literally changed my life. Because of podcasts that I listened to years ago, I realized it is possible to live as a digital nomad, travel the world while working remotely. I since have started my own business and I travel the world. I am living the dream and I want to share my story, but also the stories of other digital nomads with you so that hopefully you get inspired and chase your dreams as well. Okay, let's go. Hello, hello. Welcome to a new episode of Digital Nomad Stories, a podcast. Today I'm here with Mike Moll and he is a digital nomad, of course, but he is also a marketing coach. He helps marketers charge what they're worth and then remove themselves from daily operations, which I think is very, very interesting. So I guess we'll be talking a little bit about outsourcing. He focuses on creating sustainability rather than aggressive growth by optimizing pricing and systems. He is also digital nomad uh, currently in Mexico. So I think we'll also talk about that in this episode. So I'm excited, Mike. Welcome to the show. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So I already mentioned a little bit what you do and where you are, but can you tell us a little bit more about your work as a marketing coach and also maybe your life in Mexico? Absolutely. So um, so I've been traveling full-time for just over, just under two and a half years at this point. Um, so I've kind of been floating between Mexico, California, and Portugal and Canada. Although I've just recently started going back to Canada more now that their crazy restrictions have been lifting. <laughs> the marketing coach thing is a fairly new business for me in the context that, so I've owned a marketing agency for nine years. So I, I launched in 2013 and I really, you know, was trying to sort through what the best way to do it was. In terms of, you know, I really just didn't want to have a big team. I never wanted to have an office, which I never have. So I've been fully remote since 2013, which is awesome. And uh, my goal was always just, okay, how do I optimize my time and energy so that I'm not working crazy hours? Because I have so many things I want to see and do and learn. And so what I did is I built myself a company that accomplished just that thing. And then when around the time when COVID was starting, and even just a little bit before that, I had a lot of people come to me saying, hey, would love your advice, would love to buy an hour of your time, et cetera, et cetera. I'm like, how do I structure certain things for myself? And what I noticed through those conversations was a very common trend and a, a thread of like thought process and a thought a tread, tread of business processes that all kind of led to the same problematic thing, which was, we're following what the huge companies are doing, but we're trying to make it work for our little companies, which really doesn't work at all. And so what I did is I kind of said, okay, now I've been doing you know this agency for seven and a half years. I haven't had to go back to an adult job. So I'm gonna teach people how I've done it. And it really the coaching is a hybrid coaching consulting. I do get my hands dirty. I do focus on really tactical things as well as, you know, mindset and big picture strategy. And so, yeah, it's just, it's, it's a passion thing for me. I love helping people create the freedom that I've created for myself. And, and that, so that is becoming the main focus and it is becoming a main business, but all the while I am sustaining um, other businesses that kind of fund my life along the way. Right. A real entrepreneur, different things going on at the same time. 
Um, so I'm also interested, like in starting this agency, I have an agency, not for nine years, uh, but for about three years. I don't know if you can count the first year. So let's say two years. Um, I mean, always, <laughs> always count the first year. That, that first year, crappy revenue, crappy profit unlimited learning. So it's good. It's good. That is so true. That is absolutely true. And it was still cheaper than the MBA that I got. So I mean, <laughs> and learned more. Um, okay. So I have an agency for three years and I noticed that the whole idea is to not work the crazy hours because you have a team, but it's so difficult to not work the crazy hours when the agency is growing. How was that for you in building your agency? Do you have any tips for people who might be in the same boat as where I'm, I am now? I mean, I'm just asking this for myself, of course. I just want to know uh, how you did it. <laughs> yeah. So, so I think take this advice. Don't follow what I did because I was the most stubborn person on the planet. I thought I was smarter than everybody. I thought I was better than everybody. And it actually took me quite a few years to learn how to properly delegate, how to learn how to create profit centers in the right way. And I was very stubborn. I didn't have a coach until two years ago. So I was, you know, seven of nine years and I, I made it work and I made money, but I certainly wish I had have sought out help earlier because there are so many things that you're just oblivious to. And it's funny because like from a tactical standpoint, he doesn't really tackle that. He just asked me how things are going. And from my response, he's like, oh, these are obviously problems, but I just, you, you have a hard time seeing them yourself. So, but on that topic, uh, you know, how, the things that I wish I had have implemented earlier, there's a couple big pieces. Number one is when you start to delegate work, when you start to have other people doing work for you, you are making a lot of assumptions that you don't know that you're making. So number one is that this person knows what you want. This person knows how you want it. This person knows what your expectation is. This person knows exactly what you told the customer they're going to get, none of those things are true. So it's your responsibility as the owner, as the delegator to create materials and documentations and have very, you know, very well-structured conversations that will help people understand what you need from them. So there's one document that has been my biggest lifesaver that I'll, I'll kind of explain what it is and how to use it. So it's called a customer excellence document. So this document does not tell each person who's involved in working with me what they need to do and how they're going to do it. Because if you're bringing in freelancers or people with expertise, whether that's in project management, graphic design, um, you know, running campaigns, like you are bringing them in because of their knowledge and their skill set. But you need to harness that in the context of how your business needs to run. So what a customer excellence document is, is it says, okay, here's every step that a customer is going to go through when engaging with our business. So first they're going to, you know, they're going to, from the first thing is they're going to have this need of what we do. So what are they going to do when they have that need? How might they discover us? When they discover us, what does that interaction look like? Are they going to come to a website? Are they going to see an ad from us? What, what is that flow, right? And from the time that they inquire and they said, hey, you know what? This might be something I'm interested in. What does that process look like? From the time that you, you know, you're going to propose a solution to them. What does that look like from the time they say yes? What is that contract and, and invoicing process onboarding? What are all so what's every step? So my document is about nine pages long. And basically it says, OK, I'll just give one example. So 
you know, this person finds us through an ad on the internet, right? So they're a cold lead. Um, what does what does the website need to talk about? What does it do, what does it need to explain? What is what does the call to action need to be? Being that this person has no idea who we are, they couldn't care less about us. They just know that they have a, a need to fill, right? So the language on that page is different than the language for people that are coming in who are warm to us, and the call to action is different, right? So with that, my my customer excellence document says, okay, here's the thirty steps end to end from the time that they're interested in a product to the time that they're working with us. What's every step? And then for me, what does a cus excellent customer experience look like? And why do I feel that that experience needs to be that way? So for example, to go back to the landing page, you know, someone comes in through an ad, you know, they're, well, how we talk to them is different. The call to action. So the thing that we're telling them to do is different. When they opt in, when they either, you know, schedule a meeting or they, um, you know, they fill out a form or they call us, like what is, what happens there? So for me, there has to be an automated email that goes out to them right away, explains these three things. You know, we appreciate you reaching out. We're going to reach back out to you in this period of time. Here's some things to think about or here's some additional resource to look at. So you're giving them an activity to keep them engaged with your brand. You're telling them when, the, when you're gonna get back to them. So that's like procedurally and then why? So most of the time people fill out a form and then they're like, that could go to the abyss. I don't know if I'm ever going to hear back from these people. Maybe I should contact 10 other companies, right? So if they get something automatically, you've reassured them that you're, they've been acknowledged, you appreciate their attention, that you're going to get back to them. And then, hey, here's some other thing you can do to keep them engaged. So like that's one example out of the 30, right? Of like what customer excellence could look like for your brand. And so making that document and then having each person who's going to actually take the action read it and say, okay, I'm going to create my process in accordance with this. So I'm not actually necessarily forcing them to do it a certain way. I'm just telling them that an excellent customer experience looks like this. So build something that you're going to do according to that. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. And I never thought of this when I started building a team to help me in, in, in my business that it's really important that they have a little bit of like an idea of what we do, <laughs> like not just their specific task, but like what the business does. I recently learned that, uh, even though like two years in, but uh, it's actually really important. So I yep. think that's a great tip. So Mike, when do you think is a good time to start outsourcing? I don't know if this is true, but I think a lot of agencies are born from freelancers who don't want to be freelancers anymore. At least that's how I started my agency. But like when you start an agency, when when do you start doing this? Like, when do you stop doing all the work yourself? Or is there a moment that you have to do all the work yourself? Or do you, do you need people from day one? You should think about it and strive to accomplish outsourcing right at day one. Because no matter who you are, you're going to suck at most of the things. Now, you're going to scrap together the ability and the, you know, you'll find the online tools, you'll find the resources, you're going to learn it all. And that's fine. And I think you should have a, a well-rounded, you know, idea of exactly how your business functions. You should know how each step works, right? That being said, there are going to be probably 80 to 90% of the tasks within your business that stress you out, that make you procrastinate, that you hate doing, and that is holding you back from doing important work. So identifying those things as soon as humanly possible. So for me, for my example, like I am not 
a detail-oriented person. I'm eccentric, I'm creative. I come in and solve big, complicated problems. But if I have to think about responding to an email or putting an event into my calendar or sending an invoice, that completely ruins my time and energy of being a problem solver. And so for me, anything administrative, anything research, even in my personal life now, like I don't research flights. I don't research apartments. I have a checklist of everything I want. And I have a VA that goes and does it, comes back with the top five options. They know exactly how I want the information presented. I mean, now like I, I outsource and delegate a huge amount of my life so that I can spend time relaxing, recharging my brain. So when I come into a problem or I come into a, a conversation, I can you know be as impactful as possible. So I would say as soon as humanly possible, get rid of the things that are not good, you're not good at, which is probably most of the things inside of your business. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, that is actually the reason why I wanted to switch from freelancing to an agency because uh, I work in podcasting, right? I did podcast management and I realized that I'm good at some of the things that are related to podcast management. Like I'm a good audio editor, but I'm not a good writer. I don't enjoy writing. I don't want to write all these show notes and things like that. I don't want to do all the uploading because I'm not detail oriented enough to do that well and to do that well every week. And I think it makes a lot of sense to get people on your team that are way better at that. And that can that, that complement your skill set. I think that just makes so much sense. What I also love about what I read in your bio is that you're really about scaling and growing sustainably. So not just grow exponentially now, like that's 10K in three months, blah, blah, blah. I don't know, like all the Instagram stories, but sustainability, uh, super important in growing uh, a business and also an agency. How do you make sure that that happens? What is your, what is your take on that? So there's a couple of components to this. I think the number one thing is making sure that you're priced appropriately for the value that you provide. That, that's why kind of the first part of my bio is charging what you're worth. And a lot of people struggle with it. I've talked to people who have come from like, literally from like senior executives at like Fortune 100 companies who are now consulting and they're like, oh, my day rate or like what I charge is this. And I'm like, what? How is it that low? It doesn't make sense. $7,500 for a day for you? Are you crazy? So, so I think we all are very, very harsh critics of ourselves. I think that is part of the part of the grounding of being an entrepreneur is this this self-doubt, this imposter syndrome. It helps keep us grounded, but it also can really, really, really limit us from a revenue standpoint. So making sure you're priced appropriately is the number one thing, because if you're not, every time you go to make more money with more customers, you don't have the money to outsource and delegate and and provide an excellent service. So most people are are Minimum of 40 to 60% undercharged, but I've experienced up to 300% like on a fairly regular basis, like your price should be triple. And they're like, what? Like, think about what you do, break that down. And I won't go through that whole exercise because it's quite lengthy, but making sure you're priced appropriately is the first thing. But I think bigger than that is what is your goal? What are you trying to achieve? So for me, I like floating around the world. I like learning new things. I'm learning Spanish. I'm learning singing. I'm learning jujitsu. These are all big things to learn. They're complicated. There's you know, years of experience required. And I'm like, I don't want to do that after I've worked 10 hours in a day and I'm exhausted. So my goal was, okay, 
how do I work 60 hours a month, pay myself between 12 and 15K a month? That was it. So I started with that and then I, I worked backwards saying, okay, if I, if I do that and I don't want to, you know, the bigger your team, the more time, energy, and bandwidth. So, okay, how do I do that with a team of five? So what, is my, what does it need to look like? And then do, am I providing enough value for my price to make sense within those confines? Turned out yes, and it's been an incredible experience. I am trying to scale a little bit more. Like I want to be at, I want to be paying myself 20 to 25. And right now I'm at like 13. So I'm going to have to work a little bit more, but it's like a good balance. But so like figuring out what it is that you're trying to do. For me, it was never about having a big team. And for me, it was never about the, the prestige of winning an award. Like the, the idea of winning an award as an agency, like who cares? Like produce amazing work for people that appreciate it and understand the value of it. And you'll never go hungry. So that's like my, that was my kind of thesis on it. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's about figuring out where you want to be and then looking at the math of it and saying, okay, in order for me to work this amount and make this amount of money with this amount of customers, this big of a team, I need to, you know, I need, I can only have 20 customers and I need to charge them 7k a month. Great. So, and then work backwards from how do, how do I provide enough value to charge that 7k where the customer will be excited to pay me every month. Right. And then, so what, what does that product look like? And then go sell that thing. So you can also never overcharge because you always make sure that you provide the value that people can expect from paying that specific amount. Yeah, that makes a little sense. What I also like is that you said it's, it's about the lifestyle, right? You want to live your life in a certain way and then you need a certain salary to, do, to be able to do that. And that is what it's about, all about. Like, it's not about the awards. I mean, might be cool to win an award. Maybe you're happy for a day, but it's not the day-to-day, -day, right? Like your day-to-day -day life is learning all these cool things. And it's also very easy to forget when building and scaling a business because it's all cool and everyone's like, yeah, grow your business more and more and, and scaling and growing and more and there's always more to do. And I also, I mean, you know this term lifestyle business? Uh, that gets thrown around on the internet and it's kind of, uh, I feel like people use it as like, oh, it's, it's a lifestyle business, you know, like these people just do this to make a living, to do like a specific lifestyle. But I think that is actually the best kind of business that you can have because it is all about the lifestyle, right? Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I mean, I think there's like this, there's, there's a lot of, I don't know if you allow swearing on here, so I won't. Um, there's a lot of BS and a lot of people on the internet talking about, you know, using, throwing around words that it's very frustrating because I know from the, especially from the coaching space, like I had a really hard time using the word coach for myself because yeah. of just, there's so many people that have never done anything. And they're just like, they did this online course, teach other people how to do this online course. I mean, it's just a circle of crap. And I think like people throw around terms like passive income. That's that doesn't exist. That's not a real thing. You have to put in time, energy, effort, risk. You have to put mental energy into anything that you're doing. So the idea of it being truly passive is, is not real, in my opinion. And even from like, even from an investment standpoint, or, you know, I've got this course that's running that's creating, it's not creating passive income. You have to market it. You have to keep improving it. You have customer service, you have churn. You're running a business. No matter what you say, you're running a business. And so for me, the whole concept of lifestyle business is like, I want this life and I'm creating that thing around. Like, do I think that running ads for audiology clinics, hearing clinics is sexy? No, 
but will they pay a lot of money and they're really happy to pay it? Yes. Okay, great. Like that's the business now. I don't have a passion for it, but it's like practical and it makes money. So that's kind of how I think about it. Right. It allows you to do what you want to do. Yeah. Um, so can we talk a little bit more about travel and the lifestyle part also? We already like mentioned how you make it possible to live this life, but can you tell me more about the lifestyle? So you've mainly traveled to Mexico, Portugal, and another country that I forgot. Canada. Canada. Back yes. to Canada, right? Yeah. Cal okay. California. Yeah. Oh yeah. California. <laughs> Sorry. How would you describe your like work travel balance? You mentioned you work 60 hours per month. What is a typical day or maybe a week? Because it sounds like maybe you don't necessarily work every day, but like, what is a typical week for you? Yeah. So from a travel perspective, so my situation has dramatically changed about a year and a bit ago. Uh, my partner and I broke up. She was actually the like catalyst to have us traveling the world. And she was like the, I'm going to go dream up this place. I'm going to go find the next spot. I'm going to do all the research. I'm going to bit. she basically like, let me go dream you pay. And I'm like, done. That's ideal for me. <laughs> so it's been a weird, honestly, it's been a really weird transition for me going to now as a solo traveler, like I don't necessarily know where I want to go. I don't like researching. Like I literally have VAs setting up meetings with like real estate people and travel people. Like I'm just like, go find me places to live. I don't know. So that part's been very odd for me. My preference is to live somewhere for at least a minimum of a month, preferably three months, sometimes longer. So I've done kind of like, you know, two months in California, six weeks in Mexico City, then I'll do like six months in Sayulita, Mexico. So it really depends. Right now I'm in Querétaro. I've been here for two months looking to maybe move. I'm looking to kind of go to more of a home base soon because I had an apartment in Toronto that's now gone and I'm kind of like, I don't have a place. <laughs> so I kind of want to find what, like a place that I can work out of and then travel from. But typical week for me, so my morning routine is obnoxiously long. It's anywhere from an hour and a half to three hours. Um, it includes uh, working out, sitting on the balcony, drinking coffee with my cat, Taco. I go to a coffee shop and I write. I like a journal for personal, I journal for my business. Uh, I do math puzzles. I read a couple chapters of either a fiction book or a business book. You know, I, I take a take a shower. I, I just kind of chill, listen to podcasts. So like I usually take meetings between 11 a.m. and 2. So three days a week, I have internal meetings, which are three 15-minute meetings. That's the most I give to my internal team because we've just got everything dialed in so well, we don't need to talk for longer. And then I do my, I do coaching calls on, there's three days of the week that I'll do coaching calls and then kind of like fill in. If I have some other meetings to fill in, I fill them in. And then, yeah, usually by like three o'clock, four o'clock in the afternoon, I try and stop working. Now, sometimes what that means, like I'll go for a walk, listen to a podcast and like other ideas will come up. And so, you know, I say 60 hours a month, but like, I'm always thinking about the business. So like, does that count as time? I don't really, you know, I don't know. It doesn't feel like work, but in terms of like dedicated, like I'm at a computer, you know, executing things, it's, it's 60, 60 or less. And then, yeah, I work, I like to work out three or four times a week, train jujitsu. Uh, I love wandering around and exploring the city. I, I, a lot of weekends I'll, I'll go away. So I, I was just in San Miguel de Allende and then Mexico city and then Bernal last few weeks. So yeah, I explore a lot. I spend the weekends. I usually like don't do a lot in terms of work. I usually just kind of float around. 
Right, exactly. So do you also take uh, like longer vacations from your business or is it mostly just working like the hours that you just mentioned throughout the week and then in the weekend doing a lot of weekend trips and then maybe like after those uh, three months that you mentioned then moving to the next place and doing weekend trips from there? Um, so with the coaching piece, it's a, it's a decent revenue driver for me, but for me, it's like the passion of helping people because that requires my time and energy. It's hard for me to like one week, no problem. But if I were to just take off for a month, like it would be, I don't, I couldn't do that right now with, with the coaching business that I'm building. Um, if I just went straight agency side, I would be working, I'd be working like two hours a week maximum. <laughs> so, you know, I've kind of pulled myself back into working because I really like, I really love helping people build this thing. And so that requires my time. So I could take a week more than that would be a little bit trickier just cause like I, it's one-on-one -on -one coaching and I'm doing, you know, like we're jumping on zooms and we're sharing information back and forth on a regular basis. So I've kind of pushed myself back into that, but it's on something that I'm really passionate about. So I don't, I don't mind. The, the truth is that working the number of hours a month that I work, it's not a very stressful workload. And the work that I'm doing, because I've delegated all the stuff that I hate doing, like I'm not really doing anything that makes me uncomfortable or makes me, it's difficult or stresses me out. It's like, I just, stuff I kind of dive into. I love it. Plug in a couple hours here and there, and then I just kind of take off. So yeah, I don't take big, big vacations, although I've been contemplating that what, what a month off would look like. I just don't know what I would do with myself, to be frank. <laughs> I yeah. Don't, I don't. My life is so good that you don't need a vacation. Um. <laughs> yeah, really. Honestly, it, it sounds it sounds weird to say because a decade ago I was in a marriage that I hated. It was just a miserable situation. I was working for a corporation, uh, a large insurance company that I hated. My day to day was like felt like torture. And because I didn't go to college and because I barely got through high school, like I just had this feeling of I'm stuck this is what my life is going to look like. And I can max out at 110K and six weeks vacation, home office, company, car. But like that, that's your, that's your ceiling. And like basically just get used to feeling like crap all the time. Like that a decade ago, literally a decade ago, that was the exact mindset that I was in. I was miserable. And um, I never thought that I could be in this position. And anybody who's thinking who's there now or who's thinking how, you know, how to do it, I, there's nothing special about me. I literally learned how to run Google ads, watching YouTube videos, and then learned how to sell stuff and learned how to build confidence in what I was selling and then learned how to give more value than I charged. And then people just came to it. Right. And like, we signed contracts like Volvo. We were, we were with Volvo. Like, how did that happen? How did some guy who doesn't own some big agency, like I'm just one dude with five freelancers. How do, how am I running ads for Volvo? It was just like networking, being a resource to people, you know, giving more value than you, you take, than you extract. And if you do that with like really open, like an open heart, um, stuff just comes to you. But like I said, for me, it was no business background. I didn't get handed a business. I just came up with it, started doing it and then figured it out. Like, I mean, that's all you need to do is, is put in the time, put in the energy, learn, and then just give more value than you, you take. I like the value first approach as well. It's not, it's not always about what you want, but also like what you can give. And then people will remember that and it will, it will come back to you in some way or another. 
your life sounds really amazing, but is there any like challenge that you're working to overcome right now? Or is there anything that you're, uh, I don't know, working on in the business? I mean, you mentioned you're building the coaching business that it is relatively due for you. But uh, what would you say is a challenge that you're currently working on? So from the personal side, I think it's it's this, I'm trying to step away from this concept of having to have a purpose. Because I think it's something I, as I started like making money and like creating this thing, and I, I, I ran into, I backed myself into this corner of like, what's the point of what you, who you are, what you're doing? And, and I think the answer to that, and I'm by no means the person to be giving advice on this. This is strictly advice that I've been given. All right, time for a quick tip. Working remotely is super, super fun. But have you ever had this experience that you are talking to a client, a friend or a coworker and you're working on something together and you're just kind of stuck because the other person is just not seeing what you're seeing? Well, I have the solution for you. AnyDesk is a remote desktop solution. So this means you can access any device from anywhere and work as if you were sitting in front of it. So you can use this to help clients, friends, collaboration partners, co-founders, anyone you work with. The only thing you need is an internet connection and even a low internet connection is sufficient. So that means this is perfect for working remotely on the road as digital nomads, working on documents, other project files, brainstorming sessions. It is so easy using AnyDesk. So I just wanted to give you this quick tip. There's also a link in the show notes that you can check out to see all the features that they have, how you can use it. Definitely go check it out. Is like, why do you need to have it? And why are you so fixated on the idea of it? And why don't you just live your life and be in the moment and enjoy the moments? So I'm like, that's a huge challenge for me of like, what is the, you know, for me, it's like, what is that goal? What are we working towards? And like, sometimes the answer is nothing. And so getting mentally through that and trying to like journal and st structure ideas to like make myself comfortable with that concept. So that's a big personal challenge I'm working on. From the business standpoint, I'm go I've gone back into a, a field where, um, you know, with medical, specifically companies in medical, like they don't like responding to stuff. They don't like change. They don't like make, you know, they don't like disruption of their business. So really just like, how do I become the person that like they look to for, for how, you know, how do I brand myself as a leader in that space where like, it's like, they're not big on social. They don't answer their emails. They don't like, they don't, they don't even look at the, the business page, like their Facebook business pages. They don't even look at the messages on there. Like, believe me, I sent 600 videos two Facebook business pages, like one in every 10 has looked at the video still. And this is like a month of after, after, after sending. So it's like, for me, it's, it's, you know, you, you want to, you know, you just want to, you just want lead flow. You just want inbound. You just want all this stuff to happen. But the truth is sometimes you got to like dig deep and crack the code and figure out like, how do you talk to the person you want to buy? You want buying from you in a way that they need to, um, you know, in the way that they need to be spoken to. And so I'm like, maybe I need to pick up the phone and call all 1200 clinics. Maybe I need to send a postcard that gives them a strategy session for free. Maybe I need to get on the, the audiology podcast, which I'm in the process of doing now. And like, maybe I need to go to their annual conference and wear a shirt called, you know, audiologyadvertising.com and just like 
high five people for a whole weekend. Like, I don't, I don't know. Right. And so, you know, going back and trying to crack this niche where I haven't done work in it before has certainly been a challenge. And as much as I've got, you know, high end media buyers, I've got Google ads, Facebook ads, cold outreach. I've got all this stuff happening. I'm like, why is it so slow? Why won't this pick up? And so, you know, but it's just a matter of time. And I think the perseverance and like being really just dedicated and being not jumping from thing to thing after it doesn't work for a month, like a month is not a lot of time to have something fail. I mean, that's the bottom line. And I've kind of learned that along, along the years. So it's like, how do I keep on it? How do I iterate it? How do I make it more intelligent? How do I make it better so that it will eventually work? And so that's a big business challenge is like quality of lead flow and, and pace, like the amount of volume of leads coming in is super slow right now. It's driving me crazy, but it's something we'll figure out. Sounds like something that can always be improved. Um, maybe it's also just a journey, like maybe a little bit narrow ending, but maybe that's also just how it is like owning a business, running a business. Do you have any travels planned for the near future? You mentioned that you, you don't like all the researching and planning, and, <laughs> but do you have any ideas of trips that you really want to take or anything on the bucket list? Yeah. So I'm going to be moving to either Mexico City or Playa del Carmen, which are drastically different choices, I'm aware. But um, I either need to be like in a big sun. So I moved to the, from the, the beach to the city to like build this new thing. But the city doesn't have the entrepreneurial community that I wanted. But it was like, oh, it's a little bit more relaxed, a little bit more chill, but it's just not for me. So I either need to like go to the real city or I need to go back to the beach because there was like a lot of peace and tranquility there. So my plan there, I'm going to Canada for a month in July. I'm going to Namibia, Africa for November and December to a co-living experience that ends in a safari, which I'm super excited about. I might head to Japan from there for a month and then come back to Mexico, but I'm not sure about Japan yet. So that's like the next six months. And then I, that's way far out for me for planning. That's like abnormally far out plan. <laughs> so that's it for the year. Yeah. Sounds amazing though. Namibia with a safari. Wow. <laughs> that sounds really good. Sounds like a dream. Definitely. I'm uh, excited to see where, where, where's next for you then, if it's going to be apply at a common if it's going to be mexico city maybe maybe you'll you'll go to japan and you'll stay there <laughs> anything is possible yeah. the nice the nice thing is like i'm a i'm a complete minimalist i live out of one suitcase and actually i was motivated by this person i met in sayulita to actually pare down to only a carry-on so as of the end of the summer i will be a carry-on traveler exclusively and then i've got my cat taco so we just kind of float just kind of go wherever we feel like going. And it's honestly, I, again, never pictured being able to do this and experience the world and life like this. But now that I've got a taste of it, I don't, it's going to be really hard to go back to like normal. I'll use air quotes around the word normal life. I don't know what that looks like. And I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon for me. This is just so unique and so fun. And for the downsides and for the challenges and for those you know, some things like there's, a, you know, there's adjustments when you move every three months. It's like there, there are pieces that are difficult, but I think overall to experience life in this way is a real gift. I'm, I'm insanely grateful for and um, yeah, it's been a really cool experience. I think that's a beautiful way to end the episode. Thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, it was awesome to record with you. Can you share where people can follow you, where people can find out more information about your coaching? 
Absolutely. So uh, the coaching business, the coaching website is Mike, M-I-K-E-M-O-L-L dot C-O. Um, so that's where you can find out more about what that is. I also have a, a, a personal blog where I write uh, monthly, basically a monthly, like here's here's everything I've done. Here's everywhere I've gone. So that's, I kind of add that in for fun into there. And then I'm a decent follow on Instagram from a story perspective. I suck at posts, but on Instagram at the Mike Mall. Um, I'm a pretty decent follow there. Cool. We'll also add the links to the show notes. So when you're listening, please go to the show notes, click the links there, follow Mike on Instagram. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to see how your co-living experience in Namibia is and uh, where to next. Thank you again for being on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. And that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it very, very much. I would appreciate it even more if you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts for me. That way, more people can find this podcast, more people can hear the inspiring stories that we're sharing, and the more people we can impact for the better. So thank you so much if you are going to leave a review. I really appreciate you, and I will see you in the next episode.